this wonderful world that you're listening to this podcast. Greetings, Second Chancers, and welcome to Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you want to work one-on-one and you're a returning citizen seeking coaching services, or if you're a business or college or university seeking to support returning citizens, feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or connect with me on Instagram or direct message me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. That's T-H-E-D-R-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-L-O-U-I-S. I look forward to us working together and you will work directly with me one-on-one. Also, if you'd be so kind as to rate this podcast and leave your feedback, that'd be very much appreciated. It gives people like you an opportunity to find this podcast. Today, our topic is both sides of the conviction question. And we'll get to what the conviction question is in a second. But a lot of us have applied for jobs. We fill out job applications, fill out applications for housing, credit, and different other services. And a lot of us just zip through the application until we get to the point of the application where it asks the conviction question. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? For a lot of people, they just check off no and they keep it moving to the application's completion. Then there's some of us that have to check off yes. And then there's the follow-up question. Describe the nature of the conviction. Sometimes I can make us as returning citizens stop in our tracks. I could certainly understand that. I've been there. I've had to complete that application for work, for housing, for credit, for different services, and fill out that follow-up question. You're not alone in doing this. One in three adults in the United States today has a criminal record. 33% of the nation. In addition, 95% of people in prison today will eventually be released. On average, comes out to 650,000 people released from prison on a yearly basis. So there's a lot of people coming home, and there's a lot of people already having criminal records. And there are people who are working. There are people who have sustainable lives. It's a roadblock, not an impossible one, but you could get through it. When I first relocated uh, to South Florida, one of the first jobs I had was working at a private for-profit university as an admissions counselor. I applied to be an admissions counselor where basically I would review students' applications and basically make a determination of whether they would be admitted or not. In the hiring process, I, of course, I had to fill out the application, had, was faced with the conviction question, have you ever been convicted of a felony? I checked off yes. When it asked for the follow-up question, I just put, we'll explain it interview. So I didn't think much of it. Maybe about a week or two later, I get a phone call from the human resources office saying that they wanted to interview me for that job. So of course, I was excited. I knew the date and time in which I had to interview. I showed up 15 minutes early for that interview, but then something strange happened. Don't think it had anything to do with the conviction question, but certainly it goes to one, one of resilience. If you wanna to stick to something and if you have your goal mindset on something, you have to just stick through it and follow through with it. I remember sitting in the lobby for over almost 90 minutes waiting for the associate director of admissions to come out to interview me. And I think at around the 85 minute mark, I was getting frustrated and I stood up to stretch my legs, but really I was standing up to eventually get ready to leave. I felt like this was way too long. About the 89 minute mark, just about when it was getting to 90 minutes, the associate director of admissions came out, greeted me as if it was nothing, like I had not been waiting all that time. Went and did the interview, got my mind right, did the interview, did well. About a week later, the director of admissions calls me. And then at that point, she said, okay, 
I see on your application, you said you were convicted of a felony. Please explain the nature of the, of the crime to me or the conviction. I explained the conviction to her, told the truth. She said, okay. We negotiated salary and she hired me. And I worked at that institution for about a year before I came to the institution where I am right now. Had great performance reviews, did well with my coworkers, just basically was just another guy just going to work and making an honest living. And in my dissertation, I cited a 2015 study from the Texas Law Review that from 2003 to 2006, John Hopkins Hospital hired 491 returning citizens. And they did an examination of those people's performance reviews and their measurable scores. When they did a comparison of returning citizens' performance reviews based on statistical measurable scores to non-returning citizens, they found that they were statistically similar. And during that time period, no returning citizens were terminated for misbehavior. So certainly, when we talked about last week about human resource managers knowing that they're hiring reliable and competent employees and a criminal background check doesn't really give an indication as to, type, as to the type of employee you're going to get. So certainly my experience in this study from the Texas Law Review does merit that fact out. Another story that went well, but certainly wasn't <laughs> had, had its bumps along the way was when I was looking for housing. At the time, I, was work, I just started working at the college that I'm working at now, and I just entered into a relationship. Now, I lived in Hollywood. And she lived in Coral Gables, Florida. So if you're familiar with South Florida, it's not that far. It's about 35 minutes. But when you count in South Florida traffic and you're working and, and you're working and she's working, and of course, that really does get in the way of being able to spend consistent quality time. And then at that time, she was working on her doctorate. I had not even thought yet about doing a doctorate, let alone a second master's at the time. So of course, our time together was really restricted to the weekends. So I would, go to, I would go to her apartment and we would spend time together, but her apartment was very small or her condo was very small. And she certainly expressed a desire to want to want to come to Broward County and spend time with me up there as well as much as me going down there and spend time with her. At the time I was living in the family home, so I certainly couldn't entertain anyone at my mother's house. So I started to look for an apartment. At that time, my, my, my kids were now getting to the point of relocating back after staying with me for a short time after Katrina. So I basically said, okay, I'll, I'll look for an apartment. I didn't think nothing of it. But it wasn't until then that I realized that because of my past conviction that people were not gonna rent me apartments. I went through five or six apartment searches, paying processing fees, application fees, and just getting denied, 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 even with good credit, a good sustainable job, it was just that conviction. They were like, nope, we're not gonna sit there and do that. So I remember I got to my last apartment complex and I basically laid it on the line. This is an apartment complex in Davie, Florida. And I said, look, I have a nonviolent white collar crime conviction. I just would like you not to accept my application fee that I can't get back if you're gonna deny me this application based on that. The lady looked at me. I think she saw the determination in my voice. She goes, no, we'll, we'll refund you the money. You could sit there and still put in the application. It was on a Sunday. I remember putting in the application, driving home. It was about 15 minutes from my mother's house. And maybe five or 10 minutes into the drive, I get a phone call from the woman saying that I had been approved for the apartment. So that turned out to be pretty well. It turned out to go pretty well, even though it was a little, it was a little rocky in the beginning. But a lot of people go through these challenges, and sometimes they don't always have the, the results that I had in that regard. But the second, the other side of the conviction question 
is I have had to also interview job applicants. I've had to interview students who check off that they've been convicted. And I had to go through the student code of conduct with them and talk to them about what type of careers that they were looking to study here at the institution to make sure that they weren't studying something that they were already permanently disqualified for. And then when I and then when I talked to job applicants, certainly I took into consideration their qualifications, their skills, knowledge, and abilities first before I went into the thought process in regards to their conviction, because I wanted them to have a fair chance, just like I wanted to have a fair chance in, in pursuing any type of employment. One of the initiatives that helps with that is called ban the box. Ban the box means that the conviction question is taken off the application and there's no criminal justice background checks done till at least job interview is made or at least uh, the first interview has been completed. I went through that when I interviewed at another college, another uh, private for-profit institution where I applied for a job as an adjunct professor to teach in their master's program in, the, in business. Even though they had a campus here in Florida, they came from a ban the box state so they didn't ask the, the conviction question on the application. And they did the background check as part of the Fair Credit Reporting Act, where they would do that, they would do the background check after I was initially offered a contingent job offer. So of course, as part of the Fair Credit Reporting Act, I got a copy of the, back, of the background check and the results of it. They check your credit, they check your education, and of course the conviction came up. I got an appointment with Human Resources. They asked me questions about my conviction, and just like I did at the other institution, I answered it. I answered the truth, told the truth, and spoke about it. Despite the fact that I was already working at an institution, despite the fact that I'm already a professor at another institution, they still declined me. Certainly, I was disappointed. Certainly, I didn't get over it. It took about a week or two to get over it, because I looked at it as an opportunity that I could work at a graduate level but they declined me. I had to live with it. A lot of us have to live with that disappointment, whether you're a returning citizen or not. And basically, you know, I just had to get over it and say, you know what, not everyone will say yes, but I'm always going to put myself in the optimal position to be told yes and to always tell the truth. When I interview and assess candidates, when I'm on the other side, as I indicated, I'm going to concentrate on their knowledge, skills, and abilities. I could recognize the fact that they have a conviction on their application but at number one, I'm not going to interview them differently just because they have a conviction. I will ask relevant job-related questions. I'll focus on their skills and abilities. And I won't make assumptions about their experience. Because sometimes a lot of people learn a lot of job trades while they're in prison. Like I said to you last week, I, had a vo I learned a vocational skill of operating a printing press while I was in prison. Although a printing press may be an antiquated skill to have now, I did learn it while I was away. And once again, I keep, I keep emphasizing asking job-related questions. When I look at the conviction and balance out the conviction that the person may disclose on their application, I compare it to the nature of the job in which they're seeking. And, and I look at the nature of the gravity of the offense or the conduct. I also look at how long, has, how long it's been since their last offense or since their only offense, and if they completed their sentence. Certainly, I'm examining their job history, as I would do with any other candidate, looking at their references. Even though we can't ask about someone's age in a job interview, I try to make a determination as far as what could possibly be their age and their maturity and how much time has passed. As an applicant, you always want to tell the truth. 
You don't want to be afraid to address the conviction. But certainly in the time in which you're addressing the conviction, pivot it right away to highlight what you've done since the conviction, what your success story is. Go to a job interview and build a portfolio. Have a portfolio that includes your resume, copies of diplomas, credentials, reference letters. Be confident in you interviewing for that job because just like they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them. Be confident, but also be humble as well. A lot of places, whether it be housing or whether it be jobs, they are definitely concerned about negligent hiring or being negligent as to who they let into their housing apartments or, or, or what services that they offer. And the adequacy of the background check is what really determines whether or not hiring is negligent or there's negligence as far as who you decide to have as a resident in your apartment complex. Not the fact that you've done a background check, but it's just the adequacy of it, making sure that you've crossed all T's and dotted all I's and take those factors into consideration like I shared before. In my current, with my current, I remember I did the same thing. I had to apply, I checked off the conviction question. It didn't give me the opportunity to, to explain it in an interview. So I, I basically hand wrote or typed out my explanation of my conviction. And I did what I just told you to do right now. I, I, I addressed the conviction, but I highlighted what I had been doing since then in my success story. So I went through the interview process, went through multiple interview processes, and no one ever asked me about my background, which I found to be surprising. When I got the job and I got hired, I asked the hiring manager, did she do all her reference checks? Because I wanted to make sure before I quit one job and went to another that everything was all, was all good. So certainly I was trying to, in a roundabout way, trying to get her to say, did she do her criminal background check? I didn't directly ask her, but I asked in every way possible to try to get her to answer that question. She answered the questions good enough for me to say, okay, I was comfortable in leaving my current employer and coming to where I'm working now. And then on the day that I started on my first day of the job, I had to go to the human resources office, which at the time was in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And at the time you had to, you had to be fingerprinted on premises. And I remember at that time, I just couldn't take it. And I remember when the lady, right before the lady fingerprinted me, I basically told her my criminal justice background about my conviction, and I didn't know if this was going to affect my employment and things of that nature. So I'm going on and on and on, almost like a, a scene out of True Confessions. And the lady's looking at me with this bewildered look on her face, and she just said, "Boy, put your put your fingers on this thing so I can get so I can get done. If you're at this point, you've been hired. Let's just let's just get right down to it." So I found it to be funny her reaction, and yet I felt relieved as well that I was like, "Okay, I can do what it is that I have to do." I've been happy at my current employer, and I've been there for over 12 years. Great performance reviews and I've been working with great people ever since and certainly have had the chance of working with wonderful students. So I've seen both sides of the conviction question. I've seen it as an applicant, as a housing applicant. I've seen it as, a, as, a, as someone who has an MBA in HR, who's been a hiring manager, who's had to review applications. So I see both sides of it. But certainly, whether you're the business or whether you're the person applying, you certainly want to go into everything with an open mind. As an applicant, you want to tell the truth, be confident, be humble, and certainly don't, don't, don't lie. You want to sit there and definitely be straight up in what it is that you're doing. As a business or a college or a university, you want to be open-minded and balance out this person that's in front of you and know that that one, that one crime or that one part of the application doesn't define who they are. And you balance that as far as whether you're making an admissions decision 
or an employment decision. Once again, I'd like to thank you again for joining us today at Second Chance Coaching. Remember, as always, if you've been blessed to wake up today, you've been given your second chance. Certainly make the best of it. Certainly want to thank you again, like I said, for joining us at Second Chance Coaching. I invite you again that if you want to do one-on-one coaching and work with me, as far as whether you're a returning citizen or whether you're a business or a college or university, certainly reach out to me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com. You can reach out to me at the Dr. Richard Lewis on Instagram. And certainly, once again, rate this podcast so I can get your feedback and other people could find this podcast as well. Once again, re- remember, every day that you wake up, you've been granted that second chance. And I look forward to seeing you on another edition of Second Chance Coaching next week. Thank you and take care.